Thanks for checking out this message from Spring Mount. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmountcf.co.uk or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow in Furness. Connect with us on social media. Follow us on Twitter at springmountcf and like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash springmountcf. So it's apparently it's a magic eye shirt. If you look at it for long enough, you see a real handsome, attractive man. But... Uh, <laughs> Hey, that's what Ross tells me anyway. So, um, there's something in the name, isn't there? And this, the series we're doing at the moment is behind the songs we sing, and uh, we're going to be talking this morning based around the song we've just sung. Woo! Sounds like I'm in a spacecraft. Um, but I can remember the two names at junior school and infants that struck fear into me, which was Miss Boston and Miss Ashcroft. Sorry, Liz. You know. It wasn't you. At least I suddenly thought, perhaps it's Liz. She's come to Barrow to stalk me. But uh, <laughs> Miss Ashcroft struck fear into the heart of every little boy. If you knew you had a lesson with Miss Ashcroft, you were going to be, you were going to behave basically, because she was scary. Miss Boston was the head teacher, and um, she once got my parents into school to tell them that I used to laugh when I was being told off. It was a nervous thing. I was in the infants. It wasn't like when I was in the senior school. But uh, she was a scary lady. She was a scary, scary lady. Um, Mr. Shannon, on the other hand, his name, if you saw his name on your timetable, that was great because he was, a, he was a teacher of languages. He had to grow a moustache in order to try and get served in the local pubs because he looked very, very young. And also, one lesson, I can remember he got locked in one of the cupboards for the entirety of the lesson. So he wasn't someone to be scared of. But names can sometimes convey different things. And in the Bible, names were really, really important. They often reflected the character of the person or their mission. Those of us who are called John or Jonathan or Johnny this morning, we know our name means God's gracious gift. So I think that's, uh, it obviously reflects my character and my mission. You know, Abraham meant father of multitudes. Eve meant uh, living. She was the first of the living women. Jesus meant saviour. God has lots of names and today we look at the one that means Lord. So we're going to look at a few different Bible passages as we go along. If you've got your Bibles with you that would be brilliant. If you haven't then the words should come up on the screen. But the song we've just sung, I've heard people ask questions about some of the songs we sing because they don't understand what the songs are saying. And it's important that we learn to worship in spirit and in truth. So we need to know what we're singing. And that song is great, it's anthemic, and we, we don't have a problem with a lot of it, do we? At your name, the mountains shake and tremble. You, you know, it means Jesus' name is powerful, do we agree? Yeah. yeah, okay. Jesus' name is powerful. God's name is powerful. There is no one like our God. We will praise you. Yeah, that's straightforward, isn't it? But then we get to the chorus that says, Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, Yahweh, Yahweh. We love to shout your name, O Lord. And some people have said, well, what does that mean? What does it mean? So this morning, we're going to delve into what that means, because it's important to know what we're singing as we praise God. So the origin story of God's name is in Exodus chapter 3. Moses has been farming sheep and cattle, and he sees the burning bush. You've all heard of the burning bush story. And uh, God speaks to him, and God says, I want you to go. I want to send you on a mission. I want you to go and set my people free. And Moses throws all sorts of excuses into the mix, a bit like us. You might be challenged by God to do something, and by half past 12 on a Sunday, you've forgotten all about it. 
Well, God says to Moses, I don't want you to go. And he says, oh, but I'm not very good at talking. I'm not good at this. And then he says this little bit because he says, they'll want to know who's sending me. If I'm going to your people, they'll want to know who's sending me. So God and Moses have this conversation. Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 to 15. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. So what is God's name? God's name in this passage, he says, tell them I am has sent you. God's name is I am. It's a bit strange, isn't it? It's almost one letter close to Ian. But you know, oh, you've got a one letter extra in yours, haven't you? So, and, and so have you. Ian, I am. It also means the Lord. In that passage, it's translated two ways. I am and the Lord. It's the name to be known for all generations, but many of us have forgotten it or never even heard it. And yet God says, I want to be known as I am. So this morning, what does I am mean to you? In our Bibles, whenever you see the word Lord in capitals, if you look through, particularly in the Old Testament, if you see the word Lord in capital letters, that is this name Yahweh, this name that's translated I am, the Lord. It was thought to be too special a name to say by the Israelites. They weren't allowed to speak it, if you like. So they substituted it with Adonai, which means my Lord, that you would say to your master if you were a servant. They substituted it with Adonai or Elohim, which means God. But both of those words were used for other things in other situations. They weren't special words. Elohim was used for gods and, and wasn't just used for the God, the living God, the God of all time. There's only one Yahweh. I am. So what, Johnny, what does this matter to us in 2018 in Barrow and why do we love to shout it? Why do we want to sing about it? Why do we want to think even about the name Yahweh? Well, I am, what does it mean? I said to you, what does I am mean? What would you say? It, it means I am today. It means I am yesterday. It means I am tomorrow. I am just means always, there. I am always. I am always there. God is always. God was saying to his people, I am. I am today. I was thousands of years ago. And I am in the future. I am always and always will be. God Almighty. Nothing else. There is no one like our God. You know, how many times in a day do we use the phrase, I am? Anyone want to think? Anyone said the words, I am today for yourself? Anyone said, I am hungry? Okay, Raymond, yeah. You shouldn't be hungry, Raymond. <laughs> you, Raymond ate so much food yesterday, I'm expecting him to just suddenly go, boom, like the, the blueberry girl in Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. That's what's happened to me, Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am hungry. Anyone said this morning, I am tired? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. 
I am, I am tired, or I am busy. I am busy. Anyone, anyone use that one recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'm, I am doing this, whatever you say. Anyone ever said that? Anyone said that? Anyone got kids? Anyone have heard that or seen that in action? I am doing this, whatever you say. Yeah? I am doing this. Bobby wanted to crowd surf this morning. I just worried that if we got to the back door, he would drop you. So <laughs> I didn't think that was going to work. Yeah. <laughs> but I am doing this, whatever you say, and I believe this is the problem. Okay? And this is the simple message today, really. This is the problem. God says, I want you to remember me as I am forever, for all generations. I am today. I am yesterday. I am the future. I am forever. And yet so often we're too busy saying, I am. I am. I am tired. I am going to do this no matter what you say. I am. I am. I am. We have made ourselves God. We have put ourselves in God's place. That is what Yahweh is all about. It's saying, not me, God, but you are. Not I am, but you are. Not I am, but you are. And so often we say, I am. And this is the problem. We've forgotten the great I am. And we've tried to become him ourselves. Yeah? Anyone resonate with this a little bit? Yeah? That we've started to replace I am with I am. It's him. And him alone. Do you know, we will not always be here. We will not always be present. We haven't always been. I have a birthday. I have a conception day. I don't want to think about that. I have a birthday and I will have a day when I die. But I have not always been. So I am not. But I know I am. I am not. It's a line nicked from Louis Giglio if you've read the book. I am not. But I know I am. That wasn't in my notes, it just came to me. So I'm not stealing the whole thing, just so you know, okay. He is the great I am, yet we try and replace him in every aspect of our lives, don't we? So next time we say to ourselves, I am hungry, or even I am tired, start saying, God, what are you in my life? God, I need refreshing from you because you are the great I am. You are the great I am. That is what Yahweh is all about. I love to shout your name because you are God. You are and I am not. Yeah? Simple this, isn't it? I might be really short this morning. That's good, isn't it? But you know, Yahweh is only used in the Old Testament when talking about a personal relationship. It's a God who wants to be known by name. It's a God who wants to be known intimately. And we often say, well, why is the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament different? He isn't. He wanted to be known then, and he wants to be known now, and he wants a closeness with you. But you've got to let him, and you've got to stop being I am. You've got to stop being the great I am. You've got to start looking to the great I am, instead of being it. You know, the Tower of Babel, let us make a name for ourselves. Let us build to the heavens and make a name for ourselves. That's what we're all about. And yet God's mission was to scatter, to go across, not gather together and build. It was to go. <coughs> And it's the same today, to go, to be fruitful, to fill. I am sent me. I am sent by I am, because I am not and he is. You know, that's how important a name is, isn't it? I know when Raymond was at Dowdales, they would have called him Mr. Oh, my brain's gone. Raymond, Raymond, Raymond. Graham, that's the one, that's the one. Yeah, Mr. Graham. It's just because you've got two first names. It's confusing. <laughs> when, when he was at Dowdales, he'd have been known as Mr. Graham. 
But then he got into a different situation and it became a bit more friendly and it was Raymond, maybe even Ray to those people. He doesn't like that, do you really? No, don't mind it. And to me, he's Raymond. I don't have to call him Mr. Graham. I don't, have to, I don't have to be polite and respectful to him in that way at all because he's my friend and I can call him Raymond. Now all these house groups kind of teasing. But anyway, um, Raymond's my friend. Jake, I don't call him Mr. Salter. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? I don't say to my wife, Mrs. Harrison, it's lovely to see you. You know? <laughs> that would be weird. Weird, you know? Oh, Mrs. Harrison. You know, if I spoke to her, text her on the phone, and she stored in my phone as Ice Wife Roz. Now, if you ever see a message come through from my wife and it says Ice Wife Roz, that is not a statement that she's cold, okay? It's not a statement that she's scary, you know, and that she's, like, distant. In case of emergency, wife Roz, it was, it's just so that if anyone finds me <coughs> dead in a the ditch, they can immediately find who my wife is. But to me, she's just Roz. She's Roz. I don't even call her really Rosalind, other than for a laugh. <laughs> or Rosalind Margaret Louise. You know, that's really formal. She's Roz, and I'm Johnny. She doesn't call me Jonathan, unless, yeah, sometimes she does. <laughs> but she's Roz. Why is she Roz? Because I know her, and I'm close to her, and we want to have a relationship together. That's the God who loves you. He says his name is I am. It means he is today, he is yesterday, and he will be for the rest of your life. He is, and we aren't. Yet he is. So when you're thinking, I can't do this. No, you can't, but he can, because he is. I am. Yeah? It's simple, isn't it? You Lord of all the earth, we love to shout your name, Yahweh, Yahweh. You are, you are, you are, you are. When people say, I don't believe in God, we can say, well, he is. Because that's what he's called. He is. I am. Yeah? I don't know if I'm getting all my English mixed up here, but it seems to make sense to me. Does it make sense? Yeah? I think so. Psalm 19 is a great example of this personal relationship. Psalm 19 and verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. That's not using the word Yahweh. That's just talking about Elohim and Adonai. The skies, the heavens declare. Verse 4 says, Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. <laughs> this is talking in these first four voices, verses about Elohim, about just God. The same word that's used to describe other gods in the Old Testament. Because it's talking about material stuff. It's talking about God's role with the material world. That God made it. That God is the creator. But then in verse 7 onwards, it changes. It says this. The law of the Lord is perfect. The word Lord there is in capital letters in your Bible sometimes if you've got a certain translation. That's saying the law of Yahweh, the God who wants to know you, who wants to be in relationship with you, who knows your name and you, he wants you to know his. The law of him is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. We've heard this morning, he can be trusted. So let him be. I am. Because he can be trusted. Let him be I am in your life. Let him be today. Let him be yesterday. Let him be the future because he is and always will be. And you won't be. I am. Stop trying to make yourself I am. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the sim simple. Those rest of the verses aren't talking about the material stuff of the world. They're talking about a people he wants to be in relationship. And that is you. 
Barrow in Furnace, Spring Mount, 2018, November, whatever the day it is, 12th, 11th. Okay? Doesn't really matter, does it? Because yesterday he was as well. November the 11th he was. November the 13th he is as well. He wants to be in relationship with you and he says, I know your name. I know your name and I call you by your name. The devil says to you, I know your faults and I call you by them. God says, I know your name and I want you to know mine because I am. I am all that you could ever need. I am here today and tomorrow and the day after, etc., etc. I am. That's why we should love to shout his name because he is and we're not. God doesn't need you, doesn't need me, but he wants you. That's the amazing part. He doesn't need us, but he wants us and he loves us. And that's what makes it even more special because he's a personal God. He wants to get personal with us this morning. Will you let him? Will you let him get deep and personal? Yesterday, we were showing a picture of a crop rotator. And this crop rotator goes over the fields and it goes down to 16 inches and then they plant. But every so often they have to bring in big bulldozers because at 17 inches there's rock hard ground that never gets ploughed and it remains harder and harder and harder every year. I believe there's some of us like that, we've, but we've not even let it get 16 inches deep. We've let it graze the surface. I think God wants to churn up some of that hardness in you so that he can plant new seed, so that he can be in you, so that he can be in you. Be still and know that you're God. To be the I am in my life and yours. So let him be. Do you know, I am means unchanging. He keeps his promises. Whenever you see his name in capitals, God wants to draw close. Are you going to let God have his name in capitals over your life? Are you going to let, let the title Lord in capital letters be the banner over you? Are you going to let it be the plaque? It's been great. I noticed on Facebook that in Dalton, uh, there's a news about those poppy plaques that have been put on the houses where soldiers came from. What an amazing way to remember what we're thinking about. That's incredible, isn't it? You can put the name of Jesus on your life, the name of God on your life, because he is. And when people say, I don't believe in God, you can say, well, he is. Okay. <laughs> that was a bit scary. That's okay. Okay, I thought, I thought someone was there. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to go there. I'll say something that I shouldn't say, so I won't. It wasn't not offensive to you, but offensive. No, I'm not going to be offensive. Promise. <laughs> rewind, rewind. Okay. <laughs> first thing is he always is secondly we can't ever possibly know everything about him can we if someone says to you I don't believe in God because it doesn't make sense we can't understand God but we know he is that's why he calls himself I am you don't need to know everything about him because he is he just is he just always has been and always will be and is today you don't need to understand every little part of it because he's God he's bigger than you He's bigger than everyone in this room. He's bigger than the universe. You're never going to understand him. We don't even understand the universe. And he's bigger than that. He is. I am. Who doesn't like trying new foods here? Anyone not like trying new foods? Oh, come on. There must be somebody. Oh, thank you, Oggy. You don't like trying new foods. But, oh, yeah, we're finally getting a few uh, honest people. It's a mystery why people don't like trying new... If we'd have gone to the Indian on Friday night with you, would you have liked having a, a nice hot curry or a curry you've never tried? Put your hand up if you wouldn't have liked a curry you've never tried. Okay, well done those people for being honest, okay? 
Why wouldn't you like it? It's a mystery. I don't know why. It's just who you are. We're not going to understand all of God because it's a mystery. But it's who he is. He is. You know, who doesn't like or enjoy football? Awesome hands went up quicker then, <laughs> didn't they? Okay. <laughs> there are people up there. Oh, yes, I'm going to be anti-football this morning. <laughs> I don't understand you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're who you are. I don't have to understand why you don't want to watch 22 men kick a bag of wind around the field. <laughs> I, I don't have to understand why you don't like that. You don't have to understand why I do like it. But you can know me, can't you? I don't have to understand everything of God, but I can know him. You know, I don't understand someone enjoying sewing or knitting, Alison Gill. <laughs> you know, I cannot understand anyone thinking of enjoying that, other than the completion of the project, but it's the process that would do my head in. I don't understand why people want to go and knit and sew, but it's a mystery. But you are who you are. You don't understand why I don't want to do it. That's fine. Do you see what I'm saying? We try and say we can't possibly go to this God because we don't understand everything about him. You're never going to understand everything about God because he is, I am. We are not. God says, I am who I am. That's not totally understandable, is it? It just means he is. It just means he is. So when you say, I'm not sure about God, he is. Whether you're sure about it or not, he is. Whether I'm sure about Alison Gill or not, so in, she is. She is. It's the same principle. Often, Yahweh was written without the vowels. And this, if some of you may remember a Rob Bell video about, called Breathe. And uh, this is what it's written like without the vowels. Hopefully a picture will come up on the screen. And one of the things there, try and say the first half of that guy for me. He's tired. I'm pick, picking on the wrong person there. Okay. Somebody with a really loud voice. Bobby, try and say just the first two letters. Yeah. Yeah. Try and say the last two. Right. Okay. That was right. Very good. It's all right. Yeah. One of the things that was said is this. All of you try this with me because this is what Rob Bell said on his video. And I've remembered this and I think it's really key. Because actually, as you say the first two letters, breathe in, go. And then as you say the last two, breathe out. Yeah? Try again. And again. Now imagine yourself on a sandy beach. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that should be Bob Goff. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I just laugh at my own jokes, even if it's not funny. Okay. But one of the comments there is this, that as you breathe in and you breathe out, you are saying the name of God. From the moment you are born, the name of God is on your lips. The first thing you do when you're born or the, before you cry is to take a breath. The last thing you do is to breathe out, to breathe your last. So for the entirety of your life, whether you know God or not, his name is on your lips. You are breathing him in. And you are breathing him out. Because often it was written, Yeah? How exciting is that? That even though you might not know the name of God, you're breathing it all day long. You don't need to know him. You don't need to understand him. But you were created in his image with his name on your lips. So when we shout his name, how much more effective is it going to be than just breathing his name? when we shout and proclaim him, and even when it's on our lips, we still forget him. 
I want to go to the New Testament quickly as we finish. Jesus is called Lord, mostly in the lowercase, which suggests master. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Jesus says to people, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? You know, if you want to put that plaque of Jesus is Lord over your life, the name of God over your life, then you've got to start being obedient. Obedience is what brings God moments. When we're disobedient to God, he's going to struggle to get close because we're building walls between us and him. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord and not do what I say? Why do you call me Master? Why do you call me Lord of all the earth? And yet you won't do the things I'm asking you to do. Why? You know, obedience is a big problem because it's when we say we are and we stop saying he is. Are we willing to be obedient? We can call Jesus master, but we can also acknowledge that Jesus is fully God and fully human. He can be Jesus with capital letters Lord because he is God. Jesus is God. He is the saviour. Not understanding it all. So as we come towards the end this morning, is Jesus your I am? Is Jesus your Lord? Is he your master? Is he your saviour? Is he the one that is today, was yesterday and will forever be? Are you willing to say, Lord of all the earth, I shout your name? I'm not going to be ashamed of you. I'm going to worship you with all my might. I'm going to give you my life. I am going to let you be at the centre of my life. The great I am. Romans 10 verses 9 to 11 sum it up really simply. And I say these verses quite often. They're a favourite passage of mine because when people start saying, well, you've got to go to church, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. No, you don't. Paul sets it out in Romans 10, what it's all about. We used to have these verses paraphrased on the back of our minibus when we had a church minibus, the youth minibus. It used to say, Romans 10 verses uh, 9 to 11, and then underneath it said, religion won't save you. Jesus will. Because that's what it's all about. Not about religion, but it's about a saviour, about a redeemer. That was a better catchy phrase, wasn't it? It's not about religion, it's about the redeemer. Romans 10 verses 9 to 11 says this, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. We've sung it this morning, I love to shout your name. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's about letting him be Lord. It's about letting him, it's not about us going to church once a week. It's not about us reading our Bibles every day even. Atheists know their Bibles back to front, some of them. The particular ones who are experts in atheism. <laughs> if it can be such a thing, they know their Bibles inside out. They just don't know him. They've read the book. They just haven't met the main character. They haven't introduced him into their lives. They haven't let him be. Jesus is Lord. What does that mean? It means recognizing Jesus for who he is, that Jesus is God, that Jesus is today, yesterday, forever the same, that he is the Savior, that Jesus is present. How will we be saved? By not breaking rules? By towing the line? No. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not by an outward change, but by, by being transformed on the inside. 
You know, it says in the passage later on, it says, and nobody, anyone who believes in him, verse 11, anyone who believes in him, he will never be put to shame. Do you know, there's a lot of shame in this world, isn't there? There's a lot of people living in shame. There's a lot of people with the hoods up, hiding their faces. There's a lot of people trying to hide themselves from reality through drink, drugs, other addictions, trying to hide, shameful. None of that comes from God. That passage tells us shame isn't from God. That's the enemy's way of pegging you down and keeping you bound. He wants to make you feel shameful. He wants to make you feel ashamed. You have no reason to be shamed if you are a child of God. If you proclaim him as Lord, then he will start to do a work on the inside that will show on the outside. Might take some time. We're not all perfect. Peter constantly let Jesus down. And he was with Jesus every day for three years. Yet some of us expect to not let Jesus down and we're with him for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. We need to let him go deep with us. We need to let him go beyond the surface. We need to let him churn up some of the hard stuff so that we can let him plant seeds. So get up. Proclaim him as Lord. Believe for yourself. And Romans 10.13 says this. Everyone, that's everyone. We know what everyone means, don't we? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you call on the name of Jesus this morning, you will be saved. If you confess him with your mouth, if you believe him in your heart, you will be saved. Don't let anyone tell you it's Jesus plus. That's a load of rubbish. It's not Jesus plus. It's not like Sky plus. And you get all these extra things. It's Jesus because he is. It's Jesus because he said, I am, if you like. I am the way. That's why he was so controversial. He was telling everybody he was God. I am the truth. I am the life. Jesus was saying, I am God. So he wasn't just a good man. He was a God man. Lord of all the earth. Well, I'm going to finish by saying, is he Lord in your life? Is he truly Lord in your life this morning? Have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead? Or are you waiting to understand every little part of it? Or are you willing to say, God, I'm never going to understand you. I struggle to understand my kids. I'm not going to understand God. He is I am. He is the great I am. Everything yesterday, everything today, and everything tomorrow for the rest of your life. That is God. That is Jesus. Because then we will love to shout his name. Yahweh, Yahweh. We will love to shout his name. Because we know it means he is. We know when we shout that name, he is. He is. He is. Everything you could ever need. He is the life. He is the light. He is your love. He is all you could ever want. So what's stopping you? What's stopping you? If a shop in town said, come today and it's everything you'd ever want, you'd be there. Today we're saying in this church, as we do every week, he is. So what's stopping you? What's stopping you from pinning that plaque on your life and saying, he is Lord of my life. Let him be your breath, your life, yeah, everything. I'm just going to invite the band up. We're going to respond this morning before the kids come in. I don't know if there's people in here who've never received Jesus. Um, or there's people in here who perhaps want to start saying, actually, yes, I've professed him with my mouth, but I've not really done an awful lot of obeying. I've not really lived up to it. I've not really tried to follow him. 
I've just come on a Sunday morning. And I'm going to ask you to be really brave. And it might be there's nobody. That's fine. I've just got to do what I think God is asking me to do. Okay? But if you want to really truly give your life to Jesus this morning, either for the first time, or you want to say this morning, I'm going to say he is my I am. I'm going to stop being I am. I'm going to start saying he is. If that's you this morning, I want you just to stand where you are now. Don't wait for ages because I haven't got ages. Thanks, Rebecca. Be brave. Doesn't matter if it's just one person. Doesn't matter if you've done it loads of times before. I just want us to recognize this morning you can nail your plaque to the wall so that people know you and say, the great I am is in them. Not that they are the great I am, but the great I am is living in them. If that's you, just stand. I'm just going to pray. Okay, Brill, thanks guys. Just wanted to reach out a hand to someone who's nearby and just, just put a hand on them as we pray. And you can pray for them yourself. Don't let anybody feel that they're on their own stood here. So if someone stood up, put a hand on them. Let them know that they are with family. Are, yeah, we've been with a band of brothers this weekend. We are family in here. I'm just going to pray. You can pray your own prayer over them as well. And you can keep praying for them as we worship. Don't stop. Don't think that's it. Pat them on the back and send them off. Ask God to give you words for them. Ask God to give you thoughts. It may be that they need some sort of healing. Ask God to, to, to pray that into their life and their situation. Because he is. We aren't. So Father God, I pray for every person stood in this room and I thank you for the fact that they are surrounded by family and friends. And I pray, Lord, that we will be bold and we will love to shout your name in this place. Father God, I pray that we will know you by name, that we won't be distant, that you're not a God who's just the same God with a little g as everyone else seems to follow. But Father, you are the God, the Lord in capital letters over our life. That you are today, you were yesterday and you will be forever. Father, I pray for your power to flood and fill the lives of these people. I pray, Lord, that they will know your presence as we continue to worship now, as we finish our service. Father, I pray they will not stop being prayed for. And I pray, Lord, that they will wait on you even amidst the noise. Father, I thank you that you are everything we could ever need, ask, or imagine. And yet so often we build walls. Father, break down walls. Break down barriers. Break down the lies that the enemy has told us. Father, let there be no shame because nobody is put to shame by you. You love us and you say we are beloved. So Father God, in this place, I pray, Lord, for more of you and less of us, that we will enthrone you as Lord and that we will shout your name from the rooftops by the way we live and by the way we speak, and by the things we do. Father, let us be transformed and changed into your likeness so that we see more of you in our lives. Father, I thank you. I thank you. Amen.